Dogs As They Are is the first ebook from Canine Nation. It is a look at our dog's biology, ethology, and the ways our dogs try to fit into our very human world. It's available at most online booksellers, and there is more information on how you can get it at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Tuesday, October 9th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. Bad Dog, Solving the Wrong Problem On a whim, we pulled into a parking lot on a Thursday evening. The sign out front said that dog training classes were being offered. As a dog lover and self-described training geek, I'm always curious to see how people run their classes. We slipped in quietly at the back, interested to see how dog owners were being taught. I was disappointed but not surprised to see that on the instructor's table, next to the flat collar and martingale collars, were also a choke chain and a prong collar. It looked like this wasn't one of the more progressive dog training groups. Then some insistent barking off to one side caught my attention. A young woman rose from her seat with her pit bull terrier-type dog and began to walk him back and forth as he barked at the other dogs. The woman kept the dog close to heel position, on a very short leash. When the dog would look at the other dogs and bark, she would pull up sharply on the collar. I noticed with some concern that the dog was wearing a prong collar around its broad neck. It was likely a young dog, judging by its bouncy gait and adolescent demeanor. Each correction was delivered by the young woman, and it would startle the young dog for a moment, and he would stop barking, only to breathe in and begin barking again at the sight of the other dogs. As the woman and her dog paced back and forth, closer to and then farther away from the other dogs, I was at a loss to understand what this woman was trying to accomplish. Clearly, the young dog was either nervous about the other dogs, or was eagerly barking to get them to play, or perhaps even warning them not to approach. Whatever the reason for the barking, 
the frequent yanks on the leash and prong collar were not stopping the barking. At least not yet. Frustrated, the woman seemed to be yanking more frequently and with greater force. And that's when we decided to leave. There is a curious phenomenon in animals. Whether from fear, frustration, or anger, an animal may lash out not at the source of the irritation, but at a seemingly unrelated neutral target. This has been shown in experiments involving pigeons, primates, and even some studies on human behavior. It seems to be a mammalian trait. In his book, Effective Neuroscience, Dr. Yak Panksep of the University of Washington says that the emotion of rage likely has its roots in frustration. That rage can reach the limit of a dog's tolerance, and it may act out at the nearest target. There is a lot we can do in working with dogs to increase their frustration tolerance and help them more appropriately deal with their emotions. A major factor in frustration tolerance may be the experiences that a dog has had in dealing with frustration and problem solving. A study done in 2006 revealed that rats that were exposed to unavoidable stressors developed symptoms of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. The more important finding of this study is that rats that were exposed to stressors and were given behavioral ways to turn off the stressors experienced physical changes in their brains, allowing them to better cope and deal with frustration. Surprisingly, these rats were also better able to cope with future situations that did not offer them a chance to stop the stressors. It seems that providing the rats with a way to get out of trouble by making choices not only improved their ability to cope emotionally, but actually changed the brain circuitry and gave them a better chance of handling stress. In her book, Canine Behavior, A Guide for Veterinarians, Dr. Bonnie Beaver describes situations where a dog may become aroused or excited and is then prevented from acting on the source of that emotion. In such a situation, a dog may redirect its aggression and frustration toward a nearby person or animal, including another dog. Beaver claims that cases of redirected aggression are common in dogs. The very act of preventing or restraining a dog can compound the problem. Similarly, any punishment delivered to the dog in an aroused state can make matters worse. The dog is dealing with a situation that has made it upset, and now it has to cope with the additional stress of being restrained or scolded or worse. Many times, the resulting aggression is simply a matter of the dog trying to get away to a safe distance to deal with its own emotions. In his book, Coercion and Its Fallout, psychologist Dr. Murray Sidman describes three courses of action for an animal when it finds itself faced with an unwanted situation. Escape behaviors can be used to get the unwanted situation to stop. This might be where the dog literally runs away or hides, but it may also be a dog sitting, lowering its gaze, or performing some other behavior that they know will make the situation change to stop the unwanted thing. Avoidance behaviors will be used when the dog recognizes that some unwanted situation is about to happen and it will be used in an effort to avoid that situation. Author Turid Rugas has written a book called On Talking Terms with Dogs, Calming Signals. 
in which she details various body language and strategies that dogs use to avoid confrontations. Dogs are amazingly observant animals and frequently recognize the onset of unpleasant things very quickly. They will use whatever avoidance behaviors that they can to keep the bad things from happening. That might include looking guilty, looking adorable, or doing something that they know can make their owner laugh. Behavior suppression happens when the unwanted situation can neither be escaped nor avoided. In this case, the dog simply shuts down and does as little as possible until the unpleasant circumstances pass. Unfortunately for dogs, this can look very similar to what a good dog is who is not acting out. Any unwanted behavior stops, but so does any other behavior that is not 100% safe in the dog's mind. Let's go back to the young woman and her bull terrier that I mentioned at the beginning. I can't know how things turned out with this dog because we left. What I do know is that the young woman was setting up a stressful situation that her dog would have to deal with in one of the above three ways. Proponents of force training would probably characterize this very simply. All the dog had to do was stop barking and the tugging on the prong collar would stop. That is not an incorrect assessment, but it does oversimplify things a bit. There was a way for the dog to stop the unpleasant pulling on the prong collar, but it had to guess which behavior would work, what escape behavior would turn off the tugging, or what avoidance behavior would prevent the tugging on the leash from beginning. Along the way, it may try many alternatives in its search for a solution. It could redirect its aggression by snapping or clawing at the young woman. It may attempt to lunge away. It may even turn and jump up on the young woman in hopes of getting affection. And all of these alternatives would likely be met with a firm no, either verbally or with some physical correction. But what does this do to the frustration of the dog? It is already aroused enough to be barking. Now it has to cope with an uncomfortable tugging around its neck. It may even have to cope with verbal or other physical corrections from its handler because it has not worked out the desired strategy of not barking that the handler wants. By saying no to the unwanted alternative behaviors, the handler is actually creating other potentially dangerous behaviors as the dog tries to figure out what she wants. Dogs bark, they growl, they bare their teeth, and they can adopt an aggressive posture or show us other warning signs. Some trainers and experts will label these behaviors as ways a dog is trying to be dominant over their handler. Remember that we have selectively bred the dog over centuries in order to get the most cooperative animal possible. These are not wild wolves or coyotes. These are the tamest of the tame. Presumably, we have selected for the best pets. When our dogs show these signs of aggression, it is likely coming from a place of being afraid or upset or frustrated by something or someone. It is the first and best indicator that there is something we should be dealing with and it isn't likely to be the dog. It is their way of communicating with us that things are not okay right now. Punishing the dog for communicating may make us happy because they stop growling, but it doesn't solve their problem. It very likely makes it worse. Now they have a problem, 
and their owner won't help. A better course of action might be to move them off away from the source of the problem and try to come up with a plan. Perhaps the dog has to be more carefully introduced to something. Perhaps the dog is just not feeling well on that day. It may even be that you need to develop a training plan to help them better cope with whatever is upsetting them. In any case, keeping them there until they stop reacting to both the unwanted situation and your punishments doesn't seem to me to be the best answer. I'd like to leave you with something to consider. Stopping the outward warning behaviors in our dogs when something upsets them will frequently appear to work. They get quiet. They behave themselves. But you haven't dealt with the underlying problem. In other words, you haven't diffused the bomb, you just put the fuse out for now. And you may not be able to predict when and what lights that fuse again the next time. Our dog Vince was a difficult dog in many ways until he passed away in 2010. But one of his wonderful features was that he growled a lot. If he didn't like a dog or a person, he would start with a low growl when they were a long way off, and he would get louder as they approached. He gave us lots of time and plenty of indication about what the problem was. He had a long fuse, and that made it easy to deal with things. By contrast, our girl Tiramisu has a very short fuse. She will tolerate the presence of strange dogs near her comfortably until she doesn't anymore. The dog may be 15 inches away, and she's fine, but at 14 inches, she will lunge, bark, and snap at them to move away. It was something we had to learn to deal with when she was quite young. We just wouldn't get much warning, so watch her closely around other dogs and avoid bad situations whenever possible. I cannot imagine what might have happened if we continued putting her in uncomfortable situations and spent our time punishing her instead. Like the young woman in my example, many dog owners think that they are punishing bad behavior when the dog barks or growls rather than recognizing such behaviors for what they are. Warning signals. Something is not right, and as the dog's owner, you should be trying to find out what that is and resolving the source of the problem rather than punishing the warning signal coming from the dog. Our job is to help them cope and not just shut them up. If a dog is growling or barking, there is a reason. If you cannot distract them from the source of the growling or barking, chances are they have gone past their tolerance limit. The best course of action for the young woman and her bull terrier would have been to leave the building or at least move out of sight of the other dogs. If that calmed her dog down, that would be a good step. Then she could have worked with her teachers and developed a way to make her dog more comfortable in that classroom environment. As it stands, I have no idea how that situation ended up. I sincerely hope that she wasn't bitten by her dog, or worse. Dogs lash out in frustration more often than many people think. And as we suppress their behavior, their fuses get shorter. We need to be careful that we are solving the right problem with our dogs, or we may get very wrong solutions. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. The new Canine Nation ebook, Dogs As They Are, 
is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine. Each essay now includes author's notes, and the book includes all new introduction and epilogue essays. You can get Dogs as They Are from the new Canine Nation store. Just go to caninenation.ca forward slash store. We offer Kindle, EPUB, and PDF versions. Or you can click on the store from the menu at the top of the Canine Nation website. Dogs as They Are is also available from most online booksellers, such as Amazon, Kobo.com, and Booktango.com. And it will be coming to other online booksellers, like the Apple iTunes Store, very soon. Just search for Dogs as They Are. It's a great read and only $2.99. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.